Welcome to the Midlife Crisis Cards Podcast with your host, Darren Herman. This podcast explores the world of sports cards from a variety of angles. Being a hobbyist collector for over 30 years, a professional software investor and angel investor in and around the card space, and a proud father who is raising children who collect and appreciate sports cards. If you want to learn more about Midlife Crisis Cards, head over to midlifecrisiscards.com where you can read his journey to card collecting, his history, and find some awesome individual cards to purchase from his personal collection. Or check out our brand new product, the Cardboard Box, a personalized and hand-selected box of cards that arrive at your front door. On the Midlife Crisis Cards podcast, we explore the convergence of Darren's worlds in the sports card industry, where hobby meets business. Without further ado, Please meet our host, Darren Herman, a.k.a. at Midlife Crisis Cards on Instagram and dherman76 on Twitter. Hello, everybody. This is Darren Herman with Midlife Crisis Cards. I'm going to uh, walk you through what to expect with this podcast. Um, I've heard many people reach out and say, you know, you got a podcast now. What's what's going on? Uh, and so we're going to talk about what inspired Midlife Crisis Cards podcast. We'll talk about what this podcast is and what this podcast isn't. Areas that I'm interested in and we'll dive into over the next episodes of this podcast. And so things that you should expect uh, to hear uh, in subsequent episodes. And lastly, what's going on this week at uh, Midlife Crisis Cards. So I think those are four big areas that we'll talk about. Um, and we're going to go deep on some of those subjects. And uh, I'm excited to uh, have those conversations with you. And first off, you know, thank you for tuning in. Uh, and at the same time, thank you for, uh, you know, uh, uh, promoting and uh uh, being part of the Midlife Crisis Cards family. So many folks have asked what inspired Midlife Crisis Cards, and I figured I'd you know, set the truth and tell the story um, here on my own podcast, even though I've talked a little bit about it in other folks' podcasts. Um, I grew up in the 1980s and 1990s as a child um, and collected mostly hockey um, and basketball which is actually interesting because I don't really collect hockey uh, any longer. And frankly, I don't really collect hockey uh, or, or play hockey or watch hockey anymore. Although hockey was such a big part of my life growing up, um, both street hockey, uh, ice hockey, uh, and roller hockey. Um, I grew up in Westchester County, New York, and went to the Westchester County Center a few times per year, which was sort of our mecca and holy grail of card collecting. Uh, and as I look back, and I was Googling a little earlier, it talked about the um, Westchester County Center as sort of the East Coast National, um, which, you know, as a kid growing up, I probably didn't appreciate that moniker at the time. Um, and uh, I, I look forward to going back down to the Westchester County Center. Um, now I live about 185 miles away, uh, but I'll definitely be back down there post COVID. Uh, and check that out. Um, I collected with my brother um, and uh, some good friends of mine, and we used to love uh, going to the county center to all the card shows uh, and then trying to buy uh, packs and 
boxes whenever we could. Um, the issue was we didn't have a lot of money to, uh, to invest in cards. And we probably did everything you could possibly do wrong as you were collecting a card as a kid, uh, including bending the edges. And we thought that autographing cards was, was super valuable. So we literally autographed our own cards. Yes, fake fake autographs of players on their own cards. Um, you know, that's so wrong. Um, but you know, we, uh, we tried everything. We didn't commercialize it at all, but we tried it. We tried it all. Um, I forgot about the hobby for about 30 years, um, as life happened. Uh, and I went in different paths as most of us, uh, do in a variety of ways. Um, I'm super jealous of the p folks who have stuck with uh, sports cards over those 30 years. Um, but life happened and I had kids uh, and my son was my oldest. My son was starting to get to the age where he was starting to ask for packs of sports cards. Um, and that really started about four or five years ago. Um, and I got the itch, which kind of built over time as he was ripping open the packs of the sports cards uh, of whatever we were sending him, uh, whether when he was at camp or, you know, during the year when he was here, uh, or is here. And, uh, you know, I'd watch him open a pack or two and I'd flip through his cards and see a 2012 Kyrie Irving or, uh, or, 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 or Kawhi Leonard. And, um, you know, it's, 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 he had some good cars and has like pretty damn good ones. Um, I also at the same time was having multiple breakfast lunches and dinners with friends of mine who, collect cards um, and have been collecting cards for a long time and was always inspired by the conversations we had. You know, the lunches and dinners were never really to discuss card collecting, but um, it was to discuss business. <laughs> um, but somehow we always got on the card collecting topic and I was always inspired by that. Um, and so I dove head in um, in 2019 um, and uh, have been uh, collecting uh, and investing since. Um, with that said, though, COVID-19 has been an interesting time uh, for me and my family. Um, I'm an investor by day uh, and travel a lot in pre-COVID times. You know, I could be on the road three, four, five days a week looking at companies or uh, to invest in or, or uh, going to visit companies that we have invested in or meeting talent uh, that we want to hire in different markets. Um, but right now, I'm not traveling. Um, so I'm spending a lot more time with my family and my wife, my children, um, about 15 days into COVID, uh, my wife, Sherry, she took me aside and said, you know, you've never had 10 straight meals with your children ever. Uh, and now we're what, seven, eight, nine months into COVID. And there's been many, many, many meals, um, with the family. Um, uh, and so it's been nice cause I've been home, uh, and around the family. Uh, just working from home, just not traveling. Um, I love entrepreneurship and was raised around entrepreneurial parents. Um, I've had multiple startups in my life uh, and love the entrepreneurial adrenaline, which is something you just can't explain. And so I've kind of been using this time of being home and around the children and my wife uh, and uh, teaching my children uh, some entrepreneurial skills, which is which has been a lot of fun. Um, and so, you know, we built midlifecrisiscards.com together. We set up our midlife crisis cards account on Instagram. We create ads together for midlife crisis cards. We do all of our shipping and logistics together. I'll give you a tip 
10 and 12 year old do not like packing boxes um, or, 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 or packing cards. Um, it's not something they get super excited about. Um, we do product planning and procurement together. My son, my, my oldest one, he's 12. He gets very active in the cards that we do purchase. He also gets super active in the cards that we send out for grading. And to be honest, the cards that he selects that go out for grading end up getting higher grades than the cards that I select uh, that go out for grading. Um, and uh, so, you know, he's got a he's got a secret uh, knack there for that. And I love it. Um, the cardboard box, which is sort of midlife crisis is cards signature product. Uh, which is a hand-picked and curated box, which you, you, uh, the customer, choose the primary player. That idea was conceptualized by my two children um, and inspired by a product planning conversation we had with them and so on and so on. You kind of get the idea. The kids are integral to, you know, everything we're doing here. Uh, and so for me, card collecting is a big part of family bonding and hope that you know, that comes through with, with everything we do and in hopefully future podcasts, uh, in, in, uh, in-person meetups and stuff, you see the children as they're, you know, a big part of, of everything here. And maybe one podcast I'll interview them, which should be uh, super fun. So the second topic I want to cover is, you know, what this podcast is and what this podcast is not. There are some incredible podcasts on the market, and I have a ton of respect for Stacking Slabs, Lucas Tigers, Bronze, Oh My, Card Talk, Breaker Culture, Bench Clear Media, Cardboard Chronicles, and more. I mean, if I left you out, it's my bad. Um, you guys are and gals are doing amazing things and uh, talking about the hobby, talking about collecting, talking about investing. I think it's amazing. I Here at Midlife Crisis Cards, I'm not looking to step on their toes, but at the same time, Many folks told me that I should put a podcast out as I've been studying the space uh, in depth. For those that have read or seen, I've posted three study pieces on Medium about the sports card market. The first one was about the growth of the sports card market through a digital innovation lens. The second was a multi-billion dollar market map of sports cards, sort of understanding all the pockets where um, their companies uh, uh, that are doing interesting things. Um, and the third is an angel and venture capital areas for investment within the sports card marketplace. Uh, and so I highlight some areas that I find particularly interesting where I think that there are opportunities, uh, to, uh, to angel or, or put some institutional capital down to further the growth of the market in those areas. So I've been studying the industry from a business perspective. I wanted to bring the business first mentality to this podcast. So my goal is not to tell you to buy Luca or Ja or Zion versus Jason Tatum. Um, there are plenty incredible podcasts that do that. That's, that's not my place in this world. But what I want to do is I want to have conversations about sports cards and the collectible industry at the foundational and systematic level. You know, how does it operate? What's changing? What should change? Why? Why should those things happen? You know, that I think that's my calling. Hopefully I, I execute that for you. And I think you as a listener will keep me honest as I fumble around it and learn on the go. Um, and, uh, you know, I want any and all of your feedback to make this really good.
So in some regards, this is both a B2B and a B2C podcast. Um, but with that said, much of what I plan to cover may go into the weeds. Um, you may understand it or may not. Um, please reach out to me and feel free to ask me questions. I love it. Midlife Crisis Cards on Instagram or dherman76 on Twitter, or just contact me through midlifecrisiscards.com. Areas that I'm interested in and we'll dive into over the next episodes. So this is topical areas that I've got uh, that are in the, you know, in my head that I think about when I'm exercising on the treadmill or in the shower or, you know, taking a break and, and walking around the block. Um, you know, I'm interested in areas that are ripe for innovation, areas that have poor customer experience that can be better enabled by technology. Um, that's kind of what I do as my day job. And I think about that here now within the sports card space. You know, my style is I like to start at the problem and then work backwards. And there are plenty of places for that in the sports card industry. Um, and areas and topics that I'd like to explore over time with you all. And as, a, as I'm going to go through some areas, and, and to be honest, I, I, this is not conclusive or comprehensive. These are just areas that I know that I'm going to tackle in the short term. But I'd love you, know, you to reach out to me and let me know areas that you particularly find interesting. Um, or if I do explore an area on an episode and I didn't go far enough or I didn't cover something about it, or you think there's a better speaker or, or guest to, to have join, um, please reach out. Um, I'm totally open to that. So in no, in no particular order, these are, these are some of the areas that I find super interesting. One being the evolution of grading, um, you know, fakes, counterfeits, oh my, the recent BGS stuff, some of the PSA things going on, you know, looks like we have some new grading companies moving into the market. You know, how do we go from human grading to digital grading? Although as digital as I am, digital doesn't necessarily mean it's the saving grace of, of grading. Um, but there are reasons why it will help. You know, maybe this idea of assessing cards versus grading cards, maybe there's something there. An assessment is not necessarily a grade, but a, a, a pillar of trust. Um, you know, speaking about trust, you know, grading is all about trust. Uh, and how do we, how do we put grading central into this overall ecosystem. Uh, you know, trust is just that important. And then on the topics of grading, I'm worried. I'm not going to lie. You know, I am worried that there are 4 million plus cards at the respective grading companies that have not yet hit the market. Uh, and those cards uh, could depress the value of many of the existing cards on the market. So the question is, is when do they start hitting? Um, you know, if I am a, a betting person, which I actually am not, um, but if I am a betting person, I imagine the majority of those cards will start to really hit the market in December, which is if you do the math, you know, five, four, maybe six months out of peak uh, sports card buying. Uh, and that seems reasonable on 45 day uh, submission times to get those cards back. And so I imagine eBay and ComC and MySlabs and all of the places that you can go and buy graded cards online, you know, they're going to be pretty busy with, with inventory and with, with a lot of supply, which is inventory, what happens to demand? 
if demand keeps up, then it's not a problem. If demand declines and we have a lot of inventory and there are auctions, then the final value fee or the final value price rather will decline. And that means that, you know, a collection that may be worth X could be worth X minus something. And so we're going to, we're going to talk about that as we think about grading. Second area that I think the industry doesn't get a lot of talk about is distribution. You know, why do we need physical hobby shops to get full access to card catalogs? How has card distribution changed over time? You know, who really controls distribution? What are some of the games that we should watch out for? You know, to the common person about distribution, they don't really worry about it. You know, they go to a card shop, you go online and you expect cards to be there, but someone's got to get those cards to the hobby shop or Walmart or Target or even to an, an online store. Uh, and there are distributors and there are some really big distributors in the United States that control quite a bit of the hobby. And there's reasons why some card shops have some boxes versus card shops that don't have those boxes. Um, and so I want to sort of dive into distributors and, and understand, you know, that business model, how does that work? You know, what makes them tick? What's, what do they see, you know, that should change in the sports card world? Do they see increases in demand right now? Um, I think those are, those are big areas with distributors. If we go into another topic such as breaking, you know, breaking cards is super popular online right now. I think it's super popular online right now because of COVID uh, and we all don't have the ability to, you know, go into stores um, at the scale that we did before or the frequency we did before. Um, and so why not, you know, break, either do personal breaks uh, online in our pajamas or do team-based breaks, which are popular now because card boxes are just so expensive. Uh, and so breaking is uh, a tremendous opportunity if you do a group break, you know, to lower the cost of that particular box. But the questions I have are what happens when box prices come down if they do? You know, will breaks still be that popular? Um, and, uh, you know, what can we, what can we assume there? Um, and so I want to examine the world of, of breaking and the technologies and how to acquire boxes for breaks, et cetera. The, uh, the other areas, you know, one is sports cards as investments, um, how to think about investments as it relates to sports cards. So how do you think about portfolio construction the same way that you would do that for your your financials, hopefully, um, you know, how do we find data that feed these investment decisions? Um, you know, buying cards versus buying fractional shares of cards, storing cards at home versus in a vault, you know, insuring your collection, dealing with taxes on your collection. These are just some things that, uh, you know, are areas that we'll absolutely uh, explore um, and, and dive deep in it with sports cards as investments. And to be honest, I think it's not just one guest that I'll have that we cover this particular topic, but mm -hmm. I think it'll be many, many guests, um, that we, uh, uh, uncover this topic because everyone has different investment, uh, ways, uh, especially if you're a high end investor, a low end investor, a middle investor. Um, and so I think we could all learn quite a bit from them. Uh, and then, Sort of the last area that I'll talk about here, um, but is an area that's near and dear to me, and I'm super excited about the guests we have lined up, is thinking about selling cards. 
you know, from the B2B to C perspective, you know, let's have a conversation around that. Um, you know, how do we sell? What are some strategies and tactics? How do we sell online versus in person, you know, in person being a card shop or community event such as a card show? Um, how do we price cards and keep those prices accurate? You know, if you have a Shopify site, you price the cards on the site, you know, 90 days ago, how do you keep those prices accurate? Otherwise, you may end up selling cards at, you know, severely reduced rates and leave some money on the table or vice versa. Um, you know, how do you deal with returns or issues around cards? Um, uh, you know, we've all heard this about eBay and returns and so on and so forth, but you know, how do we, if you're a seller and you have a website or you're a seller and you have a store, how do you deal with, with those returns and issues? And maybe we can learn a lot from that. Um, and then of course, you know, the, the debate that everyone has, which is, you know, should I list on a marketplace, um, or should I list on my own site or should I do both? Uh, and, uh. I don't know what the right or wrong answer is, but I'm sure there are there are some. But those are just a few areas that I want to dive deep on. And luckily, I've already gone ahead and, and booked some guests to do so with. So this isn't just Darren Herman or Midlife Crisis Cards talking. Actually, I'll be the interviewer. And we're going to learn from some really smart people um, who, uh, you know, I have uh, a lot of affection for and, and excited to have on uh, the podcast so I hope to start releasing those podcasts over the next few weeks or so, um, really starting in December. I'm actually taping two tomorrow and one on Wednesday uh, that I'm, I'm super excited about. Uh, and uh, we'll release those, you know, most likely weekly um, starting in uh, December. So we're almost there. We're almost done with this podcast. One thing I wanted to talk about was all of the podcasts are going to be 30 minutes or less. That's important because I don't have the attention span to go longer. And I think that 30 minutes is a nice time horizon because you can get it in on a treadmill session or on a walk around the block or maybe when you're doing some work or however you, you end up doing it. Um, but this is, this is going to be a fun week at, at Midlife Crisis Card. So this is the week of November 23rd, 2020. This is Turkey Week. Uh, Thanksgiving week in the United States, Black Friday, uh, following up a Cyber Monday. It's a, it's a funky week, to be honest. I miss my family. Um, they're back in New York. Uh, this will be the first Thanksgiving uh, where my wife and kids do not see their grandparents. Um, uh, their grand, we, we are not traveling to New York uh, due to COVID. And, uh, you know, it's a funky one. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to be thankful um, that we're all still here. We're healthy. Um, we know many people who are not. Um, and, uh, you know, if we have to sacrifice some travel, uh, to make the world a safer place, we're absolutely going to do that. But, you know, if we're not traveling, we're doing quite a bit here at Midlife Crisis Card. So tomorrow night, Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. So Tuesday, November 24th at 9 p.m. Eastern, I'm going to be live streaming and debuting on Loop. If you have not downloaded Loop, if you have an iPhone, go into the iOS store and go find Loop for sports cards, L-O-U-P-E. Um, I'm biased. I'm an angel investor. But at the same time, I've, I've seen uh, and participated on Loop, which is basically a, a live breaking uh, a video streaming platform that uh, you know, really solves uh, a customer experience issue that you know, all the breakers have on Instagram and Twitch and, and YouTube and really makes it a 10x experience. 
Um, and I've been on loop for the last two weeks, almost every single night since it's launched um, and uh, really participating. It makes it super easy to buy cards, but at the same time has built a quite the community of folks who have been on the platform. So I'm going to go on and actually I'm going to live stream at nine o'clock on Tuesday, November 24th. Um, I'm going to be selling repacks of amazing cards. There are no bad packs. And we'll be doing it at all different price points, including $20, $50, $100, $250, The majority of packs are, are basketball, um, but I will have some football and baseball. And uh, I promise I will not disappoint. Um, and I'm doing it very similar to uh, the cardboard box on midlifecrisiscards.com in the sense that each pack has their market value. Meaning if you spend $50 to buy a pack, the pack value. So when you open up that pack and you put all those cards back on eBay, those cards are going to get you at least $50. Um, and, and I'm proud of that and I stand behind it. Um, and so it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, I hope to see all of the Midlife Crisis Cards community out on loop tomorrow night. Um Friday for Black Friday, we're releasing a limited edition cardboard boxes of LeBron James High School and Michael Jordan at UNC or University of North Carolina for the holiday. You've heard it here first. This is the first time I'm talking about it, um, but we have very limited quantities of these boxes. As you can imagine, there's not a lot of product out there, um, but it includes cards and uh, some other things about uh, whether it's LeBron in high school or Michael at uh, UNC. This is like the perfect gift for a card collector for the holidays. And because of that, we'll probably gift wrap each one as they go out the door so you can uh, just gift them straight out. Or frankly, if you're a, a super collector, you know, just buy them for yourselves. Again, these are like amazing gifts for the holiday to someone who really collects cards. Um, and thinks they have everything about LeBron or thinks they have everything about Michael Jordan. You cannot go wrong with these boxes. I think there's only going to be two of each. Um, and so snap them up on Black Friday. I, I'm excited. And to be honest, my kids came up with the idea. They came up with the art for it. They helped me procure the cards. There's a lot of love that went into these. They're super cool. Um, and then on Friday too, on Black Friday... We're going to do a 72-hour sale of the cardboard box for kids. Um, this is my. Uh, this is probably the most uh, important product we sell, and I say important because it helps children get into the hobby. Um, anyone can go buy a pack of cards, but not everybody can learn how to buy a pack of cards and then learn how to take care of that pack of cards. And that was the biggest mistake I made as a child when I was collecting. I literally, and I, and I watched my kids do it too before I became active again, which is, you know, you have some really good cards, but you know, a, a Kawhi Leonard rookie card is worthless if it's got some bent edges or, or some issues to it. And so my goal is to teach children, you know, how to take care of their cards. Uh, and so when you buy the cardboard box for kids, it's not only the cards themselves, but it comes with penny sleeves for every single card that there. So the children will have to put the cards into the penny sleeves. And then it comes with uh, some plastic top loaders, not for every card, which is important. We could have shipped it with every card, but we didn't. We wanted to teach the children 
to make decisions about which cards go into plastic top loaders versus not. And uh, the children can reach out to us here at Midlife Crisis Cards, and we can help them decide which cards may be most valuable um, that they can put into the top loaders. But, you know, there are times when we don't have enough top loaders, you know, as collectors, and we've got to make some tough decisions. And this is something that I want children to start to do at a young age. And I think it's going to be fantastic for them. I'm excited for these kids' cardboard boxes. They typically sell for $24.99. Um, but we're going to lower the price on Black Friday and for 72 hours after to uh, $15. So that's a savings of 40%. And as I said, it's super important for children. And uh, my kids and myself put together every one of these boxes. And there are big name basketball players in every one of the boxes. And the boxes are supposed to bring smiles to every one of the children's faces because they will recognize if not 100% of every player in the box, but they're going to recognize 95% of every player that's included in that box. And so, okay, that's a lot. Hopefully this gives you a good reference on what to expect for the Midlife Crisis Cards podcast. Please don't be a stranger and reach out anytime. Midlife Crisis Cards on Instagram, dherman76 on Twitter, or just ping me through midlifecrisiscards.com. Thank you for being part of the community. And I want to see you uh, reach out. I want to hear from you. I want to know what we're doing right. I want to know what we're doing wrong. I want to know how we can become better. I want to understand what guests that we should have on that or topics that we should cover that we're not. And, you know, hey, if you've got any tips for us, I want to hear them. Thank you so much. You know, community is so powerful. Please stay safe during this COVID time. And uh, let's go next. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Midlife Crisis Cards Podcast. We had a ton of fun putting this episode together. And we want to thank you for listening. We want to hear from you. So please don't be a stranger. You can reach Darren at at Midlife Crisis Cards on Instagram or at dherman76 on Twitter. If you want to stop by and check out our collection of cards, listen to other podcasts, or have fun configuring our new product, the Cardboard Box, a set of hand-curated sports cards delivered to your door, come visit MidlifeCrisisCards.com. Until next time, stay safe, stay classy, and let's go Knicks.